if I had to start over in 2022 to re rebuild an entire new business, there are things that I would do a lot differently now than I would have done three, four, even five years ago. In 2020, 2019, whenever COVID happened, it really changed the direction of small businesses and what we should do. And it really challenged us to pivot in our businesses to create a different direction uh, just between social media, online, personal connections. So that's what I wanna to talk to you guys about today. What we all can be doing in 2022 to run our businesses more successfully. And it's nothing like what we used to do. Hey, business baddie. Welcome to my podcast for entrepreneurs where we chat all things business, have some hard conversations and plenty of ass kicking sessions. Why? Because I want to help you uncover where you might be stuck so you can live the life and business you deserve. I help coach thousands of women online every month to push past their fears and develop personally so they can come into the success that they have always been dreaming of. I'm really excited for the opportunity to do the same for you. Hey everybody and welcome back. So glad to have you guys all here. I wanted to talk about a few things today, actually five specifically, five things that I would do now in 2022 to grow my business that I wouldn't have done or focus so much on prior to 2019, 2020, when our lives got turned upside down and the world uh, completely changed. Things are much different right now. I highly suggest pivoting in your business. It's always a good idea to pivot when things are stale, at a standstill, if you're stuck, they're not growing as they used to be. Pivoting is an essential part of owning a business. So I just wanted to go over these five things with you guys and, and really dig into them. So if you are feeling stuck or if you feel like business is, isn't what it should be, here's some things that I would do and I am doing in my business that are so much different than in any other business that I've owned. So many people since COVID 2019, 2020, um, our crave for personal connection is so much deeper than it ever has been. We did have social media prior to the whole pandemic, but it wasn't as in-depth or as engaged as it is now. That's because we were denied personal connection with people, even within our families. And it created this strong urge to still be able to have that personal connection. But the only way we could do it was online. Not only that, you know, people couldn't go to stores. Uh, people were too afraid to go to stores or, you know, a lot of stores were closed down. So it really drove people into the online e-commerce world to be able to buy what they needed, whether it was essentials or just things that they wanted. Everybody went online and we're so used to that now that it continues to be that way. So I really suggest diving more into this e-commerce world in any way possible. But these are my, my top five ways that I would look into restructuring your business. The first thing I would focus on is creating your brand around your personality. 
around who you are, what you believe in, what you do. Are you a mom? Are you a dad? Are you a stay-at-home mom? Do you have children? Do you work outside of the house and have a side hustle business on the side? Are you into sports with your kids? Do you guys have specific hobbies that other people can relate to? And that's just it. You want to be relatable. People want to be able to connect with others online, feeling like they have a place that they belong. And that's by being relatable. It's by being open and honest. We're no longer in this professional business world to where it has to be suit and tie, you know, specific dress code, specific language, perfect grammar, perfectly calculated, advertisements. I mean, just look at TikTok. You can advertise any kind of product. And a lot of people are doing it off of sarcasm and entertainment. We're no longer in this world of a brand where you have to show perfectionism and perfectionism is not relatable. So there's a big stigma around owning a business that you have to be a particular way. Otherwise people don't take you seriously we're not in that world anymore. People take other people seriously when they're relatable, when they can say, you know what, that, you know, same, same. I, you know, I don't wear regular pants every day or pants at all when you stay at home and you're working at home from, you know, now there's more people that are open to being more colorful with their language. I mean, it's not going to fit everybody and that's okay. You don't want it to fit everybody. You as a person cannot fit everybody. You as a business cannot fit everybody. So take this time to figure out who you are and how you want to portray your your brand based on that. And you'll be able to find so many more clients who want to have that connection with you. And once they like, know, and trust you, you could sell them damn near anything. They want to be a part of you. They want to be a part of your community. The other thing that I would rely a little bit more heavily on is uh, it's called user-generated content. So what user-generated content is, is it is taking someone else outside of your business to either use your product and review it or to promote your brand, promote your products. Uh, A lot of times this is done by influencers. You could even do it with fellow business owners, somebody who does not sell the same thing you do outside of your industry that's able to show what your product is. And what this does is it does a couple things. For one, it gets your brand, your product in front of people that you don't normally have a reach towards, or, or maybe that you don't haven't connected with, but you're able to, because now you're reaching not only your audience, but you're reaching other people's audiences as well. Keep in mind, you want to keep, you want to have somebody that is doing user-generated content with you that is going to follow within the same target audience as you doesn't have to be the same products, but same target audience. It also eliminates the excuse of not buying. I use this example all the time. So if you've listened to me talk before, you've probably heard this story 
30 times. But when you go into a store, certain stores, my store that I refuse to go into anymore is, um, I always call it bed, bath and beyond, but that is not bath and body works. The second you hit that door. And I assume this is how the employees are trained. They ask you 50 million questions. They're shoving a basket in your hand. Can I help you with something? Can I find something for you? How's your day? How's it going? What are you looking for? Uh, just all these questions. And if you're anything like me, you're like, listen, if you do not see a husband and children in, you know, in trail behind me, the last thing I want is for some random person asking me 5 million questions because I just escaped the house to shop peacefully by myself to not have to answer 5 million questions. And so walking into a store like that and you get immediately bombarded with product questions, you know, what are you looking for? How can I help you find, is there something you're interested in? Have you been here before? Have you purchased stuff? You're like, Whoa, listen, listen, Linda, I just want to look around. And that's what it feels like when somebody online with their business is posting product after product, after product, after product, buy this, buy that, buy, you know, here's something new. It's, it's in your face. And you're like, wait a minute. I haven't even tried you out. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're about. I don't know if I even like you more or less trust you. And a lot of people think, oh, I need to talk about my product. So everybody knows what my products are. Yes, in a way, but you can't get people to buy your products unless they've used your products or they know, like, and trust you. So when you use gen user generated content, somebody else aside from yourself is showing a product and they are more open to listening because that person isn't really selling your product. They're just telling you about a product that they've used that they liked. And so you don't get those automatic no's or those automatic reasons in their brain as to why they don't want to buy it immediately because it's not coming from you. And that's really how sales have been. It's, you know, it's just programmed in our brains that everybody's trying to sell us something. Everybody has something to sell, which is fine. That's how we have businesses, but our objections are strong because we want to find what it is that we're looking for without being sold. So if we put ourselves in our consumer's shoes, we know that by us pushing a product on them, just like somebody pushing all these questions and all this, you know, connection about a product in a store like Bath and Body Works, we immediately go to, I don't have the money or I don't know yet. I don't know what I want. I have to ask my husband or my partner, um, you know, why should I spend it with you? I, I haven't even browsed all of these objections, but let's say, put yourself in your consumer's shoes and you went to a friend's house and a friend was wearing a shirt and um, it was made by someone else. And you were like, oh my gosh, totally love your shirt. That's super cute. Your friend's going to say, "You thank you. I know, right? I bought it from so-and-so business. I get compliments on it all the time. And that person's going to be like, okay, send me the website. Tell me where to buy one. There is no objections at that point because they're talking to a friend that is already tried the product. They've already bought it. They already know experience. 
And so the objections go away because what is there to object? And then there, then another person is sent to your website and they're able to browse for themselves and they have less restrictions or excuses as to why they don't want to buy your stuff. At that point, they go in and they say, okay, I want to buy that shirt. But my friend also gave me a 15% off coupon from this business. So not only can I buy the shirt, but I can buy something else too, because now I'm saving money. The objections go straight out the window. And that's why user-generated content is so valuable to small businesses. Now we get into this world of influencers. Influencers have been around for a while now. It was pre-COVID. They've, they've been here. And influencers can be a little bit tricky. So in my experience of using influencers, um, I've looked at different websites and have used different websites to find influencers. Um, one of them being upfluence.com. And I'm able to browse who it is out there that is willing to do user-generated content, meaning they would uh, do a, re a review of your product or an unboxing or use your product in a video or a photo. They would put that on their social media. They would also give you the rights to use that content on your social media in exchange for a fee, products. Everybody has their different requirements. Some people require just for you to send them product, which you need to be careful about. Some people do require contracts to get paid, um, which is great. It is their job. So I don't, I don't object to paying somebody for user-generated content because that's, you know, that's their gig and that's pretty cool. Um, but when looking for influencers, I highly suggest stay, steering away from the big time influencers. Yes, you can reach out to like celebrities and they will influence your product, but they are going to charge a very large chunk, chunk of change. So typically, unless you have a ton of revenue that you can throw at influencers, large influencers, I'd steer clear of that. I'd look for influencers who have the same target audience as you, that you, that is, that is relatable. You can relate to them. They can relate to you as far as uh, their personality, their lifestyle, those kind of things. I also suggest looking at influencers with a smaller platform. Now, I mean, Yes, you can get down into people who only have a few thousand followers and that's, that's okay. As long as you research their social media and their social media has real comments, real likes, real interaction. When you use influencers that have a smaller customer base or a smaller follower base, let's say 10 to 50,000 followers, you're going to still stay pretty niche down into the target audience. When you get into people who have 500,000, a million followers, they have so many followers that it kind of drowns out exactly who that target audience is. So if you have an influencer that has 5,000 followers that are pretty niched down, you're going to reach a good amount of the right people. But then when you search somebody who has a million followers, they could have gotten popular and more followers off of some random video that has nothing to do or relatable with the same personality or lifestyle structure. And now you're just gaining all different kinds of followers that it may be hit and miss. And a small portion of those people are really only going to be interested in your product. Those bigger followers charge more. 
than the smaller ones. So that's why I try to stick with the smaller influencers. The next thing that I would do, number three, I kind of already talked about this in number one, but it's something I do now and something that I think all businesses should work on and do more of is to create a community around your brand that has a deeper connection. Something that you can create where, uh, where a group of people can be all together as a community and are able to have this place where they can talk about uh, different aspects of life or, or whatever it is that you're creating this community around. Okay, so Jessica, what the heck would I create a community around? I was talking to one of my customers or one of my clients and we were talking about creating a community around her brand. She does, uh, she makes t-shirts and cups. She is also um, a 420 friendly mom and business owner. And I said, you can create a whole community for women who feel very judged on the outside world that they are using, you know, 420 products for medicinal reasons and create this community for them that they feel safe talking about how they, you know, how they have used 420 product, products to be able to better their lives. You can do many things in that group to create a community. Uh, you can jokingly, I said it jokingly, but quite honestly, I think it would be a really great fit. Provide recipes for, for munchies or um, provide recipes to, you know, if they, if they like to make their own infused products or have, you know, a chat about, you know, supporting each other and what everybody's going through as far as judgment, because I, I, I see a lot on TikTok about moms who are, are in the 420 realm that are saying, Hey, don't judge me when you're over there drinking, you know, a handle of vodka to drown out your sorrows. And I'm using this product for medicinal purposes for my anxiety or to be a better mom or to function better in society. And there's a lot of judgment based around that. So that was just one thing that we had talked about of creating a community. And she's like, okay, so then how would I sell my products to them? Well, first you want to create this community, create this connection, create this safe place, talk about all of these different things. And then you're able to create products around your brand that fit these people. So if they want to wear a shirt that advertises, they are a fully supportive can of mom. You can make those or cups that are relatable. They even have like the polar blast tumblers and those people are going to want to buy those products you know, they can buy, you know, a shirt that is saying, Hey, don't judge me when, you know, you're blackout drunk every night when, you know, I'm just smoking a little weed. I, I don't know. <laughs> These are just ideas that we were kind of throwing around, uh, that I wanted to use as an example, as far as what it's like to create a community with your brand, with your products. And once these people are in this community and they feel safe and they get to know you, they get to know other people, 
not only is this going to be a community of people that feel safe in this environment, they're going to be people in a community who are there that will want to buy your products. They are also very good people to use for user generated content. They don't even have to have, you know, an influencer side or a big social media following. What if they just took a picture in your shirt or, or took a picture with your cup or took a picture with whatever product it is? Now you have content to share with other people to say, see, this is what it looks like and this is what it does for other people. So like 50 stones, one, one, or no, 50 birds, one stone. Man, I get my little metaphor things mixed up all the time. The fourth thing that I would do is I would rely a lot more heavily on SMS text message campaigns. We have been in a world where it used to be, you guys remember when you used to advertise in yellow books in the yellow pages, or it, you would buy a, a commercial on TV. Then we switched to online and email. Now we're in this world where text messages reach our audience much faster. A lot of us don't check our emails as regularly for these kind of advertisements, because if you've had your email since you were in high school, your email is bombarded with a bunch of spam with all these companies that you have signed up for, for advertisement over all of these years. So you get kind of used to just scrolling on through these emails, deleting, ignoring, whatever, because you don't know who they are. You don't remember how you signed up. So it just kind of goes by the wayside. I'm not saying email isn't great. I still use email. It is very valuable to add text message marketing because it goes directly to the user's phone. Most people are more apt to checking their text messages and reading it versus checking their emails and, and seeing what it is you have to offer. Now you have to be careful with text messages because you don't want to be blowing up their phones. They're going to unsubscribe real freaking quick. Now I have a lot of things in my wheelhouse as far as, uh, entrepreneur things go. The one thing that is not in my wheelhouse that I for sure hire out on is email and text message marketing. There is a strategy and there is an art behind doing it to where it, it's, it works. There's, there's some, there's some magic that goes behind that. So for me personally, that is one thing immediately for my business. I, I hire out for, I wash my hands of it. It is not a part of what I love to do. I would prefer to do the things in my business that I love to do. So if you're looking for somebody who is really great at email and text message marketing, I will give you my, my lady's information. Um, her name is Liz with Simple Strategies. I will put it in the info part of the podcast, how to get a hold of her and how to set up a free consultation with her. She helps a lot of my clients with their email and text message marketing. She has many different packages to uh, promote different amounts of money that you're able to pay for certain services. She offers like a one-time setup to where she can set up your abandoned cart emails, your welcome series, all of that. And then you can follow through with your campaigns or she can do both. Personally, for me, I just have her do it all. I have her do 
I had her do the full setup when I signed up for her and I do the full campaign through text message and email through her. She's amazing. It's really hard sometimes to find somebody so good at what they do. I cannot tell you enough about how much she's helped my business. If you go in and look at how much money we have made from our campaigns that she has sent out, it's absolutely insane. Uh, I want to say without going in specifically looking now, we did approximately an additional $100,000 in sales last year driven by email and text message campaigns. And the ROI on that is absolutely insane. Some people look and, and they say, oh my gosh, well, I don't want to spend three, five, six hundred $600 a month. Well, I will gladly spend three, five, six hundred thousand dollars a month if that means that I am going to get a return of an additional hundred thousand dollars in a year of additional sales. So if you're interested, I will leave her information. The last thing that I would do, and we've kind of talked about this already throughout the podcast is really increase my online presence. Again, something I would do and I am also doing. We have access to so much social media and social media has come so far. Right now, there's been some studies done that video content is just the best kind of content to put out there. And we've got, not only do we have TikTok, now Instagram and Facebook do reels, which are essentially the same thing as TikTok. We've got YouTube shorts. There is places everywhere that you can use your video content. And it's okay to use the same video content across all social medias. There is something to be said about using each social media for a strategic person or person. She's Jessica. Uh, for, per, hold on words. I'm struggling with words. There is a, a strategy about using social different parts of social media to do different things, to get your customers to go where you want them to go, but you can still use a lot of that same content that you're using on one platform and using on on other i know for instance my tiktok videos when i do a tiktok video i just save the link for my tiktok video i go over to save tick i put it in there i download it it removes the tiktok watermark and i'm able to use that video on multiple platforms especially videos that do well on tiktok i specifically use those to cross post in many other social medias. You want to talk about your business as much as possible. Social media is free. It's, it's an organic reach that you can put the effort into that creates way more customers in different places that you would have never been able to reach before. I highly suggest using two main forms of social media, not one, not just one, definitely two. And then as you grow those two and you get more comfortable, then you can start adding in more and taking them more seriously. I actually add in other parts of social media. Like for instance, I'm not a huge Instagram person. I do keep a presence over there, pretty basic, but I keep it over there and I keep it slowly growing so that when I do have the time, I can just head on over to Instagram and really put my time and focus into it. And I'm not just starting from ground zero. I've been using content for other pages to just have a presence there and then grow from there. 
organic reach is absolutely amazing. It's, it's the sweat equity of social media for your business. You are in complete control of that. Some social media seems intimidating, but you're a business owner. That is part of being an entrepreneur is learning and growing. So use the heck out of social media. Now, there are some things as a business owner that I have always done that are just non-negotiables. These are things that just need to be done for a business regardless. I don't care what year it is. Uh, one of them is to have a website. You have to have a website. You need a place where people can go at, go and check out seamlessly. They don't have to get a hold of you to send an invoice and ask 5 million questions. It actually takes the work, uh, a good portion of the work off the business owner and streamlines it straight to the website. They can make their choices from there. They can get a lot of questions answered from there if you are making sure that you are putting in a good amount of information. If they want to buy a t-shirt, they don't have to message you and say, hey, do you have a large? Is this cotton? What, you know, what is it? Is it unisex? How does it fit? Does it have a V-neck? All these questions questions can be answered online and you're not having to do that. You're already wearing so many hats as a business owner. You have to reduce those hats as much as possible to have a streamlined service to your customers. I am a Shopify girl through and through. I have tried out multiple different website platforms and Shopify just has offered the most that I have seen for small business owners to make it an easy transition or an easy, easier. I'm not saying setting up a website is easy, but it is easier. It, they also have a ton of apps that integrate with your website that make your work a lot less. You don't have to do any of this coding BS like you used to have to do, which I never understood anyways. But website is a non-negotiable. My other non-negotiable with a business at any time is multiple streams of income or just as a business owner. You don't have to have multiple businesses to have multiple streams of income, right? Because we're creating communities, we're creating connections, we're creating friendships. You yourself can be an influencer. You yourself can promote other people's products for an exchange of a cost. Uh, say there's an affiliate uh, code and you can get 10 or 15%, whatever they set it up for kickback or commission or payment for showing other people's products that your customers are going to like. It also takes the pressure off of you to be selling, selling, selling all the time. You're not just there shoving your products down their throats. You're saying, Hey, here's some really cool products that I use in my everyday life. And it doesn't cost them any extra, but it creates extra income from you. One of the most famous ones that so many people use is uh, being an Amazon influencer. You can share different things that you've bought for your house, kitchen gadgets, or whatever your target audience would relate to that you can make a commission on. And that is another stream of income without having to start another business. Um, I might get hate for this one. And quite honestly, I have zero fucks given about it because I have my own thoughts on different streams of income. It doesn't, there's not a lot of, there's some people, let me rephrase this. There's some people that don't agree with it and that's okay. It's probably because they were burned or, or had the wrong experience, but uh, I thoroughly enjoy MLMs, network marketing, whatever you want to call it. I like to call it network marketing myself. 
there is a book called Rich Dads Before You Quit Your Job. And in that book, he said, if I were to start over as a business owner, I would start with direct sales. You can get so much training through direct sales as to how to sell a product. Now, bear with me. There are some trainings that aren't that great. There are some companies that don't train correctly, but if you research and really look at a company, uh, you're going to be able to see what their training's about, what their mission is, how they sell their products. And you're able to do that. It's the same thing as affiliate marketing. It's the same exact thing as going to Amazon, finding a product that you want, buying it, knowing you enjoy it, knowing other people are going to enjoy it. It can help provide value to their life. You provide them a link and you get a kickback of money. Same thing with direct sales, network marketing, MLM, whatever you want to call it. It is the same thing. Now, there are some company structures that I don't necessarily agree with. And that is why I am saying, do your research, look into it. I am a part of a, a direct sales company and I absolutely love it. They have a lot of uh, different products from nutrition to hemp to uh, daily uh, like vitamins, stuff like that. And uh, I, I love that their types of trainings. I love that they are a family first company. I absolutely love that their company is based off of making good financial decisions. Like what, what company, what direct sales company out there is says, Hey, we're giving bonuses for, you know, production of sales. A lot of companies will say, Oh, we're going to give you this free car as an incentive, which is not a free car. You are putting yourself in debt. And if something happens, you are responsible for those payments. This company is right along the path of any entrepreneur with financial freedom. And they have a financial freedom movement that your bonuses, you get to talk to a financial coach to say hey, where you want those bonuses to be put. They will take a look at your income, your debts, and help you pay off credit card debt, help you invest in things, just help you put you on the right path to be financially literate. How many companies out there do that? So that's really, that's what sold me on this company. Um, and that is a stream of income that you can use within your business now as AKA, I mean, it's an influencer kind of, of job. The other, um, the, the last one and the other one that is not a negotiable for me when running a business, especially now in this e-commerce world is selling on multiple platforms. Yes, you need to have a website. Uh, that is my number one non-negotiable, but there are so many other platforms you could be selling on and reaching different audiences. And these other platforms are already bringing customers in for you. And you can take those customers and say, hey, guess what? I have a website that has even more products. Come check it out or come join my community. And your reach is really broadened. Um, one of them being Etsy. Uh, you can sell on Pinterest now. You can sell on so many different platforms and that's a non-negotiable for me. I, my business, not only does it need to be 
on its own website, but it is also on multiple other platforms to create a larger customer base for my business. So I hope that I was able to teach you a few things about the things that I would do now. This isn't necessarily if you're starting a business in 2022. This is if you are a business in 2022 and you want to pivot and you want to grow, but you're just not sure how. If you are still stuck or maybe need more ideas, go to my website, go to uh, jessicagarcia.co at the top of my website. It there's a little portion that's called ask me anything, submit a question there. And I answer them on podcasts through social media. Um, if you uh, ask a question that's not anonymous, which you can totally be anonymous. If you put your information in there, I will send you an email that says, Hey, I'm answering a question in this place. So, all right, you guys have a really fucking good day. I will talk to you soon.